Welcome to Welcome to Welcome to Cell Shock Cell Shock Cell Shock Podcast Welcome everyone. I'm your host Rob Piggott, and with me, as always, I have Miss Kelly Burke. What's going on, Kelly? Hey, I just ate a bunch of pizza, so I'm feeling pretty good. Very nice, very nice. And uh, with me, as always, I have Mr. Eric Bayer. What's going on, Eric? Hi. I was just very cold because I had my air conditioner up too high, but now I'm very hot because it's off, and I'm charged up and ready to do another episode of the Cell Shock Podcast. Let's get it started. Woo! Hell, yeah, I love your enthusiasm already, but, um, episode 26, you know, we're a quarter, we've had more than, we've had a quarter of a hundred episodes, as crazy as that is to comprehend, considering we've been doing the podcast, you know, it seems like not as long as it has been, but, um, but I thought, you know, we'd do something different tonight, and, uh, I I figured, you know, we'd just jump straight into it, uh, go right into, uh, emails. Uh, wow. We haven't touched so, those emails. in a while. Yeah, it's an emails. email. Yeah, what what is an email? What is it's that? Twist, it's a twist on this podcast. It sure is. Um, yeah, I, I guess we do have uh, an email address. You guys, uh, you guys and gals out there can send um, can send us stuff. Uh, it's uh, cellshockpodcast uh, at gmail that's cellshockpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we have an email from a previous uh, fan who has sent in emails before, uh, Bub Kiss. Uh, I think we answered his stuff, his questions, uh, a while back. A while back, a few months back at this point. But he has a multiple-tiered... Uh, uh, set of questions. One uh, question for each of us. Ooh. Uh, and his first question is uh, for Kelly. Oh, shit. Yeah, stepping up to the plate. Uh, his question is, several years ago, I downloaded the Deer and Grey discography, but not their newer albums. Are they Uroboros, Dumb, Spiro, Sparrow, worth checking out? Well, let me tell you something, Mr. B- Bubkiss. Is that his name? Yeah, Bubkiss. Bub kiss, yes. <laughs> um, Dumb Sparrow Sparrow is amazing. It is one of my favorite albums, and it is it is such a different sound. But it, it, it it's something that I had to get accustomed to as like a as a visual K fan is definitely kind of a uh, um kind of a shock. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of a pun if if you know what. What I'm talking about, because um, <laughs> visual. Anyway, um, it, it's definitely as mo- more of a, like you know a Western sound, more of metal. Um, but it, you know, my friend described Darren Gray as Darren Gray is not metal. They're Darren Gray, like <laughs> they're their own genre at this point. And and Dumb Sparrow Sparrow is is the album that sort of defines that i think where they have gone from like uh marrow of a bone when they were sort of cop um trying to emulate american bands like corn and slipknot and 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 newer bands 
and they have made their own sound. So I definitely check out all the albums. And that's it. Everybody check out Darren Gray, especially the newer albums. Um, Dumb Sparrow Sparrow is my number one recommendation. So I hope that answers your question, Mr. Bub. Mr. Bub Kiss. I'm sorry, Mr. Kiss. <laughs> Mr. Kiss. Spelled Bub K-I-S. Only one S. Bub Kiss, yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that question. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, the next question is for Eric. Uh, his question is, I recently watched American Horror Story Murder House by recommendation of the fine folks at the Cell Shock Podcast. Shouts out. I liked it. I've heard a lot of talk about Coven, but how is Asylum? Should I watch it? Um, I have to be honest. I actually never watched Asylum. Uh, I watched I, I watched the first few episodes of it. Um, but because I watched the first season with a friend uh, around the second around um the time the second season was wrapping up, and we watched the whole first season together, and then uh we started watching the first couple of episodes of the second season, and then. Uh, after that, I, this was during, I think, I think Hurricane Sandy, so, like, I was completely cut off from the world for, for, like, a week or two weeks or something like that, Mm -hmm. and when I got back, like, he just didn't feel like watching anymore, and I didn't feel like catching up with season (laughs) two. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up just falling completely off season three, but then, yeah, once Coven started, I said, alright, I'll just start fresh with Coven, but I actually do, I do plan on watching, uh, Asylum pretty soon, actually, because, um... The fourth season of American Horror Story starts in about a month. Yeah. And I think at this point, I'd rather just be aware of it all. I'd rather know it all. I'd rather have seen it all than having this piece missing. So I actually do plan on watching Asylum, uh, all of it, before the, this next season starts. So I might have a, uh, I might have a better answer for you in about a month or so. Uh, maybe even a few weeks or so. But right now, I don't know how it is. But I've heard from the people whose opinions I trust most that it is definitely like lower tier on the list. I've heard that, that, that usually everyone I know whose opinion I trust usually tells me that season one is like the best one, which I understand that it's a really good season. Uh, it definitely has a lot of variety to it. And season two also has a lot of variety to it, but apparently all, it's just a lot of, from what I've heard is a lot of, um, uh, subplots that start and don't really go anywhere, or don't tie up in a really tidy way, or and they're all so varied from one another, and it feels just kind of disjointed. That's that's what I've heard, but I'll check it out for myself, and I'll maybe rectify this in about a month. And uh, yeah, then Coven is is a little bit more. It's it's together, and it, it everything the subplots in that one don't feel as disjointed. Like it all goes together, but. They're just a lot sillier and a lot more kind of, I guess you could say, nonsensical than season ones were. So it's really easy to just sh- kind of shrug at a lot of episodes in that season and go, "Come on, what the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> but it's but but it's still kind of fun at parts, and I didn't hate it. Uh, but yeah, I also am a sucker for giving a lot of things the benefit of the doubt when I notice a lot of people don't give them the benefit of the doubt, or I try to look for the good in things when I see people shitting all over them. So I might like Asylum. I don't know, but yeah, I do appreciate that question, and I do. Uh, would I do want to get back to you on that? So I will rectify this once we start getting into uh, October Halloween month. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there you go, Mister Mister Kiss, Mister Bub Kiss. Uh, yeah, wait a wait a couple more uh, podcasts, and hopefully Eric will have a, a better answer for you. Yeah. But um, yeah. What's the fourth season? Uh, Freak Show. 
right? Yeah, the freak one? show. It's like yeah. um, it takes place during like a 1950s. Uh, I think it's supposed to even take place like during like World War Two or something like that, or yeah. not like in Germany or anything, but like just during the time of World War Two. But I'm pretty sure it still takes place in like like America, sort of, and yeah, it's, it's just... Yeah. I, I've read very little about it, because I've read a few things about it, but they were so ridiculous that it made me start already kind of losing hope for it, and I was like, I don't want to, like, get my expectations too low to the point where I want to back out of this, so I stopped... I purposely stopped reading things about it, because they sounded so just absurd that I didn't really... Yeah, I was, I was afraid I would scare myself off from the show of, and think it was too stupid, but yeah, apparently it just follows, like, a uh, like... You know, like a freak show, sort of like a bunch of like circus acts. Cool. Uh, sort of. Uh, yeah. Like the one. The only thing I really know about it is it has a bunch of the returning stars, and like every season has like one sort of main killer in it. Like in the first season, you had or like one who actually actually feels like a main recurring monster. Like the first season, you had that weird. I forget what the fuck they. His he was dubbed as, but the weird like bondage leather guy. And then you had Bloody Face in second season, which I remember from the first episode or two that I saw. And then I heard that he was recurring in a bunch of episodes. And then season three, uh, what the fuck did season three have? I think it had like the Minotaur or something like that, or the half man, half bull thing. Might have had something else that I just forget. And Axeman had, yeah, it had a bunch of goofy monsters in it. But yeah, I, I read that the one for this one was apparently uh, some thing that goes by the name of uh, Clown Killer. Not Killer Clown, but clown killer but apparently it is a clown that kills so it's just named clown killer i don't know <laughs> I, I, I just wrap my head too tight around trying to figure out the logic behind that name that I, I think that was the point where i said you know what i'm just gonna wait until this comes out and watch it and see how it plays out yeah might as well rather than trying to figure this out and turning myself off from it exactly yeah don't keep your expectations too high or too low going in but but yeah, in general, it's been a really goofy show, and I feel like Freak yeah. Show, if anything, just sounds like a title that'll totally embrace that. So maybe it'll finally just come full circle and be like the sort of like B horror show that it was really meant to be. Because a lot of the seasons, I feel like I'll try to get too serious at times. Like there's so much just drama. Like season one, I like, but the only thing is that there's just too many points too of it that I yeah that uh, too many points of it that feel too much like a drama. When it, I don't think this is the show that you would really go to for drama. Like there was just so much like unnecessary family or problems and arguing and just stuff that was like, I, I didn't feel like it needed that to be interesting because everything else was just all the horror aspects were just so meaty and cool that you didn't really need that. And yeah, I felt like that also carried over into season three. Season three had a lot of just weird, stupid, bitchy drama. So uh, hopefully, Freak Show kind of just finally sidesteps all the dumb. Com- mini confrontations and sort of just embraces it's what it really feels like it, that show should be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been meaning to check out uh, the first season of American Horror Story for a while now, but I just haven't been able to. But uh, Halloween's coming up, things. exactly. Perfect time. But um, yes, perfect time to listen to Darren Gray too. It, yeah, there you go. Like you got Halloween songs. Stuff. Well, I mean, they are. They have songs called. Their name of their songs are like the blossoming Beelzebub and ah. and a rotting tree and stuff like that. They they're very dark sound. Well, they're they're dark man. They ever cover like a uh, Monster Mash? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Holy shit! Or the Ghostbusters team? <laughs> uh, that would be that would be cool. 
but yeah, the, um, the lead singer dressed up like a skeleton for the last concert I went to, or he had paint on him that made him look like kind of like a skeleton. Hell yeah! It was cool. It's rad. Nice. Anyway. Anyway, thank you, Eric, for your answer. Your very detailed answer. Um, <laughs> Welcome. My question uh, that William, uh, aka Bubkiss, has posed to me is. I recently watched 20 Feet from Stardom, and I dug it. Have you seen it, and do you think it deserved to win Best Documentary? Um, for those who aren't familiar with 20 Feet from Stardom, it's a documentary that came out in uh, 2013, and it's basically about uh, backup singers uh, to famous, uh, basically, singers and and uh, bands. And uh, it, won, yeah, did, it won Best Documentary, at this past uh, year's Oscars. And uh, I have seen it. I did like it. But did I think it deserved to win Best Documentary? Absolutely not. Uh, I thought the best documentary of 2013 was a documentary called The Act of Killing, which <clears throat> was a very intense documentary. I saw the director's cut version, which I think is the best version to watch. Uh, it's a longer version, but it's, I think, more impactful in a lot of ways. It's basically, for those who don't know, it is uh, a documentary about the uh, warlords who basically uh, run the government of Indonesia. And they, in the 1960s, 65, 66, committed this mass genocide of basically people who didn't agree with the government. Leftists, people who thought they were communists, actual communists, uh, just mass, mass genocide, basically. Mass killings. And the really unique thing about the act of killing was it, uh, basically the director posed to these, uh, killers basically these 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 thugs who did all these crimes who are still alive and still you know in charge basically uh the opportunity to reenact the crimes and and killings that they committed in this sort of like pseudo uh fictional you know setting and you know with you know, with like elaborate makeup and and sets and acting and stuff like that and he caught the whole process and it's just really fascinating to see how uh Especially the the main the main character, I guess the main guy who was the oldest guy and was responsible for so many so much death. He uh, he ends up really becoming uh, changed because of the whole uh, experience of reenacting a lot of his killings. It's a really really intense doc, and I I'd highly recommend it. But it's definitely at times hard to watch. So if you can stomach some of the more violent scenes and and more depressing scenes but if you really want to have a doc that'll make you make you think it's uh it's really great so i i think that should have won best documentary of 2013 personally but 20 feet from stardom is not a bad documentary it's just i don't know it's very one of those like safe films you guys know what i'm talking about like with the oscars they pick sometimes a very safe film yeah for yeah for stuff like that uh like when um you know Argo and the artist won for best picture and and stuff like that. You know, sort of very very sort of safe films that celebrate movies and aren't too controversial or stuff like that. So it's you know it is what it is. So, but Twenty Feet from Stardom is is not a bad doc. And uh, 
with that, I have to say thank you, William, for uh, for your email. Is his name William? His name is William. Apparently, he says at the bottom, "Thanks, thank you for bringing us this wonderful podcast." Hugs and kisses, William. Wow. Aww. So thank you, William, very much. Real sweetheart yeah, fan we it, got. We yeah. do. <laughs> we do. He knows us well. Apparently, because. Uh, yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. So thank you very much, William, for that email. And once again, if you'd like to send us an email, question, whatever, email us at cellshockpodcast at gmail.com. That's cellshockpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And we'll, uh, we'll answer, uh, yeah, all your questions. Mention if you want, if you want to, like, mention where you're from, because I'm curious. Like, yeah, if you're got, what yeah. state or, or, or country. Or country. Yeah, exactly be very cool um you don't have to though but if you'd no, be you up for to. that if you'd be up for that be it's more than welcome fun. exactly it's all for fun it's all for shits and giggles yes, at so. the end of the day but uh i guess that last question about best documentary does lead me into sort of the next section of, of something different that i wanted to do on the cast today um the film that i want to recommend uh this week was a documentary Oh, we're already on uh, recommendations. This yeah. really is a different cast. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, we're going right in to uh, recommendations, yeah. And Fucking surprise cast. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but the movie I want to recommend this week that I saw is a documentary on Netflix. It's called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. And uh, it is a really fun doc. It's basically about... Um, a minor, uh, mi- not really minor league, but an independent baseball team uh, in from the early 70s to mid-70s it existed. Um, and it basically was uh, created by Bing Russell, who was the father of Kurt Russell. Uh, you, you, uh, you guys both know who Kurt, Kurt Russell is, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And he actually, he played on the team... Uh, he was a big baseball guy growing up, uh, and uh, yeah, the doc really explores like the history of the team and sort of its impact on independent baseball and the city of uh, uh, Portland where it was uh, located. Um, really great doc, really fun doc. It really shows like how like these guys are basically a bunch of ragtag. A group of players who were from all walks of life, all parts of the country, and really just did it for the love of the game, and uh, ended up uh, re-energizing uh, minor league and independent league baseball in the U.S. or at least in Portland. And uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. But I guess that sort of leads me into something different that I wanted to do for this cast tonight, and that is maybe get into a little bit more discussion about, uh, I guess, the genre. Of movie that uh, we recommend and I was going to ask both you guys what is your because what I really love about docs is that they really show character real characters in real situations but it can really bring out like the humanity and, and really show you a different side of life that maybe you haven't seen before and and really show something exciting or weird or interesting or fun or or thought-provoking and I, I I guess that's sort of why I really like the bastards of uh, the battered bastards of baseball. Excuse me. And uh, I was just going to ask both of you guys, what are your what what are your what are your favorite docs, or what is a favorite doc you have, and and why do you love it? Like uh, uh, 
Eric, what, what's a what's a favorite documentary of yours, and and why do you um, and and why do you enjoy it so much? Uh, off the top of my head, the only one that's really springing is um, Dear Zachary. That was it. Dear Zachary, that's, yeah, yeah, Dear Dear Zachary. Um, yeah, yeah. I used to watch a lot of documentaries here and there all the time, but in recent years, I've kind of slowed up on them. Um, but Dear Zachary, I saw a year, maybe two years ago at this point, and. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely one that kind of pushed me over way harder than I thought I was going to, uh, and yeah, that, that, that would, that was just the one that really gave you such an, uh, overly intimate look at every step of the way of just a bunch of shit that this family went through and a bunch of people went through, uh, uh, before, during, and proceeding, or, or post, uh, this guy's death, and yeah, I don't know. It was just really, really uh, powerful. I guess you could say. I don't know what it is. Can you uh, give a brief synopsis? Um, Dear Zachary is. I think the full title is actually Dear Zachary, uh, a letter to his son from his father. Or is it the other way around? I know Rob knows it too. <laughs> it, it's about this. Uh, this guy named Zachary, and the the film kind of introduces him as like this dude who was, you know, every everybody's friend, everybody loved this guy. He was just the greatest guy around, yada yada yada. And then eventually, it starts to get a little darker, and it shows that, you know, eventually he got involved with this girl, and eventually, it wound up to him being murdered. I believe is that right, Rob? He got he was murdered, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not really spoiling much, Kelly, because this is sort of, they sort of go over this in the first, like, five, ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, he does, he does end up, unfortunately, getting murdered. Um, and then that sort of leads to a chain of events that really kicks off the, I guess, the story of the movie, the plot of the movie. Yeah, it's just all about the ramifications of this guy's death on, like, a bunch of different people's lives, pretty much. Is the is the best way to put it without giving you like the the details that might spoil a little bit of it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. But what really, what really, uh, uh got I guess without spoiling, I guess as much as, as you know as little as possible. What really uh, affected you with Dear Zachary? Because I, I definitely there there's a scene in Dear Zachary that I just I cry every time. In all honesty, I remember there was like several points. Um, where I just started welling up. It was it was really it was really a fucked up story to be yeah. honest. Uh, yeah. But uh, in but off the top of my head, I think the one that I really remember is when you th- find up. Uh, I guess minor spoiler. What end up, what ends up happening with the baby and how that ends up yeah being yeah. handled. Like once you find out how that how that 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 part of the story ends, I remember that being like, how could all this bad shit happen? And then on top of all this. Bam! It's just this next like, it was exactly. it just it just felt like it was never ending. Like I just kept expecting like I mean I know it was documentary I knew it was real so I wasn't you know I I was it's not like I deserved the happy ending or anything like that but I was just like how much shit can these people go through before like it it just stops and I yeah. just remember it just kept packing it layer and layer and then this shitty thing happened this shitty thing happened this shitty thing happened I remember the shitty thing with the kid really, really got me. It was just like, wow. Like, the, yeah. it was just like, like no, no one in this movie caught a break. It sucked. Basically, yeah. And I, and you know what? I think you've noticed this too. And I think in a lot of great uh, docs, this is really true, is that the sound design and the editing 
really just hammers home the intensity, the emotional intensity of that scene. Yeah. Um, it's just like that, like the sound. I think the the editing of that entire movie. I think it's just the way that it plays with reverse and and going back in time and sort of the and especially that scene, the scene you're talking about with the baby. It's just yeah. so intense, and the sound and just the oh, just the noise and the cutting just is so intense and so like angry. Like that whole section of the film is just so angry, and it has every right to be angry. And I think, I think for me, what did you, what did you think about? I guess the editing uh, o- overall. I mean, I yeah. as an editor myself, I thought it was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in terms of editing. The the editing was good. No, it um there there's there's points of it where I felt like it almost felt like a fictional movie because I mean. A lot of it is comprised of like home video footage, so it does feel really raw and real. But there are parts of it that are also edited really well, almost like a crime thriller sort of. Yeah, exactly. Where you're, yeah. you're just seeing all these news stories and newspaper clippings, like edited in really like intricate ways, and it it, it just at, at, at times you almost sort of like you still feel it's real. You're still very invested in the story, and you're still into it, but you almost like slightly forget that it is real it almost feels fake because of how well the production is in it and then yeah once 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 like the next like story bit is given to you you have that realization of like oh wait no like this is real and yeah it just it just had a good way of like blending sort of like hey like this is this is real but like it almost feels fake because of how just fucking absurd and bizarre this uh situation went exactly yeah i i 100 agree 100 agree and i'd add to that that i think the fact that the guy uh and and kelly you can watch you can watch dear zachary on netflix and anyone out there you can watch uh dear zachary on netflix i believe it's still on instant streaming um i think what what really helps that doc is that uh the guy who gets who ends up dying at the beginning, you find out at the beginning of the movie. He's such a likable guy. He's yeah. a very everyman type of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And you could see how much he was loved and cared about. And I think that's one of the reasons why that documentary works is because it's, it has such great characters and great and interesting people at its, uh, at its heart. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Dear Zachary's a great doc. It's a great doc. And anyone that hasn't seen it, definitely check it out. And then, we we spoiled it. I think we've given enough people. I think we've given enough information to not spoil what are the most important parts of the yeah, movie. Yeah, no, that was, we kept it pretty vague. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But but going off of that, Kelly, what is what is a documentary for you then that uh, has really affected you, and uh, and 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 why has it affected you? Um, you know, I haven't seen that many documentaries, especially compared to you two. But I. Um, I remember the first doc documentary I saw, I mean, like, I was a person who, most of the documentaries I've seen were because I've had to see it in a, in a classroom, you know? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, we had, we watched, in, in one of my college classes, we watched, uh, The King of Kong, and... Yeah, that's great. That, yeah, that was one of the first documentaries to, that I thought, wow, this is really good, I actually wanna, like, I wanna watch it again, and, um... And it's just like, I don't, like, the, the, we watched it to begin, like, when we were about to start, 
uh, studying video games, I think. So, and I never, like, studied anything, anything about video games really in any class before. It was an English class. So, going, like, okay, we're going to watch this, this documentary, I was just, like, fully en- entranced by the whole thing, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, and it, it works because the the characters are so clear you know it's like yeah. watching watching like a like a wrestling match it's like watching like a a, a really cool like um 80s type movie in a way you know you have yeah. the, you have the guy of the everyman protagonist you have the almost douchebag like villain and you have all the supporting players and you have this yeah, weird little center it, it made me wonder, like, is this is it edited? Is this just really well edited to make? Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. like Billy to make Billy Mitchell look like an asshole. And then I actually found out that he kind of is just like that. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. Seth Gordon, the director, uh, he said that they edited out a lot of stuff that would have made Billy Mitchell even worse. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll put that little interview clip in the link dump along with uh, links to. What all the stuff we're talking about, of course, but um, yeah, yeah. Eric, have you seen that King of Kong or no? I actually have not. I've seen a lot of clips from it, and it was always one I meant to see, but I always somehow like just missed my chance to see it. Like sometimes, like uh, I know, like my friends would be watching it, and like I, it was a situation where like, oh, I could have hung out with them that night, but I did this thing. But if I hung out with them, I would have watched it. Or like yeah. one time, my mom rented it, and usually I like go through the movie she rents and all watch the ones I find interesting, but this time I forgot to go through the ones she found interesting and she happened to rent, like, King of Kong. So there's been there, there's been so many times where it's like, I could have seen it, but I just barely missed my chance to. Um, but uh, but I have been interested in watching it, especially because um, I, I I actually know who, like, Stu, Steve Weeby is and everything. Yeah. And, like, he... Uh, for, for I mean, I've been to a PAX in a little, little while, but for a while I was going to all the... to a bunch of PAXs, like every year uh, each of them and uh he was he was there at a couple of them i remember just there 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 would be uh somewhere in the hall there would be yeah. a fucking donkey kong machine and like steve weeby for, for a majority of that weekend it was like hey if you want to watch fucking steve weeby play donkey kong you can just go here and watch him play donkey kong yeah. <laughs> and it was always so funny just seeing this one donkey kong arcade machine and so many people go up and be like well can you actually play the machine and it'd be like no just steve weeby can and they'd be like, oh, and they'd walk away. <laughs> they'd walk away dejected. It's like, what's, what's the point of bringing this video game here? <laughs> Only one person can play it. That is, like, that is pretty ridiculous, If it, now you think about it. Even if he was like a minor celebrity. I mean, I played Donkey Kong, so it's not like I needed to, and I played on an arca- arcade cabinet before, so, I mean, I didn't mind, but I just thought it was funny that a lot of people were like, well, if I can't play this, what's the point of it being <laughs> Exactly. Um, it seems it seems absurd. So so so, so yeah, I I, ha- I have a I have a bit of a notoriety when it comes to Steve Weeby. I'm a, I'm very aware of who he is and how is he in but, person, by the way? I mean, I've never talked to him. He's always just been staring at a fucking Donkey Kong machine, <laughs> just doing his thing. He does that but, a lot in the movie. But for <laughs> so there you go. You can see it in real life if you go to fucking PAX. But um. <laughs> Yeah, no. From what I've heard, he, he's a pre- he's a pretty all right guy. He's pretty nice. I haven't heard yeah. anything bad from him because I've yeah because I've I've spoken to a few people. I've spoken to him, and I've never heard anything bad. No, no, not um, at all. But yeah, actually, speaking of him, I was reading the other day. Uh, he doesn't he he hasn't held the record for a while, right? On nope. Apparently, yeah. yeah, Kelly. I think 
I don't know if you know this too, but apparently this surgeon, this plastic surgeon yeah. from New York City named Hank Shen actually owns the record. Uh, is that what, yep. is that who you're talking about, uh, Eric? I, the guy who owns I the just, record now? I just saw the headline like a day or two ago. Um, so I feel so I think it might have been like a new guy who. Oh, got okay. oh my god! It oh, wow. is okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a brand new thing, actually. I believe. Uh, oh wow! Let's see, Donkey Kong record. Uh, who the f- gamer claims Donkey Kong world record? Let's see, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Hank- yeah, maybe it is the guy you're talking about, Hank Chen. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I- that's it's weird because his well maybe his Wikipedia his Wikipedia page says he's the former world record holder. I think because Billy Kong. I think because Billy Mitchell took it back from him and then I think Hank so apparently Hank took it back now. Okay. Oh, that's oh, cool. okay. Does it say I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, I think that that's probably what happened. But I'm not sure. But uh, what was this? What was his uh, score? Does it say in the article, uh, Eric? Uh, let's see. Hold on, talk about something else. I'm reading the article now. I didn't read it before. I just saw the headline. It said, oh, that's cool. Someone else has it and went on. <laughs> uh, I'll read it. Hold on. Go for him. Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, no, hold on. Okay, I just read Hank. I was just skimming the article. Hank Chen had the record oh, prior. Okay. Rob- yeah. Robbie, Robbie Lakeman. Robbie Lakeman. Robbie Lakeman. Okay. Wait, he got- I'm sorry. Today? Is <laughs> this... Yeah, and Lakeman got one million one hundred forty-one thousand eight hundred points. Oh wow! Uh, which is apparently fifth. Oh yeah, wow! That's thirty-two hundred points above Chen. Oh wow! <laughs> Damn. So yeah, just just like the other day, a new guy got it. There we got. We got. There needs to be a sequel now. King of Kong Two, <laughs> the the next generation. And he's between... wearing an office T-shirt that says Dunder Mifflin on it. Yeah, there, 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 there's no picture of him on the article. I'm, on, I'm, uh, I'm on a Donkey Kong blog. Dot blogspot. Hell yeah! <laughs> you, you know they're on top of this fucking news. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. We got to put that in the link dump then. For absolutely, you got to get a picture of this guy. Yeah, uh, H- Hank yeah. is is number three now. Who's two? Billy Dean's, Mitchell. No, uh, no, some guy named Dean Saglio. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Billy Mitchell's like four now, right? Or five? Behind Steve Uh, He is... He's got, yeah, he's got to be... He is number 13. Oh, wow. <laughs> and St- and Weeby is number 12. According to this blog, I don't... It might... It looks pretty legit, but I'm not saying this is... Well, to be fair, the King of Kong was like seven years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was 2007, right? I think that's when it came out. I was 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, but it makes sense. Yeah. They, uh, they had a new, had a new champion, new next generation of King Kong world record holders. Robbie Lakeman. Know that name. Robbie Lakeman. Hell yeah. That's cool, though. But, uh, that, yeah, yeah, Kelly, yeah, King Kong's a great doc. It's, yeah, it it's is. great. <laughs> It's a really fun, it's a really bizarre doc, but it's a really fun doc. Yeah. I, I think it almost, like, encapsulates, I don't know, what you, did you feel like it sort of encapsulated in a strange way, like, how what it takes to, like, make it as, like, a celebrity almost in America? A little <laughs> bit? Like, it I was, didn't think of that. 
Yeah, I guess I guess so. Like a little bit in that strange way, because because Eric, there's this. I you know, if you definitely, I hope really check it out, and everyone else should check it out. It's actually the whole movie's on YouTube. Um, there's like these this whole like really eclectic cast of characters, and I think besides Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe, you have um, Walter Day, who's the main like referee of Twin Galaxies, the the uh, record holder uh, like website. <laughs> for, like, all the records and everything for all the different classic arcade games. And he's, like, a, a transcendental meditation guy. He plays the guitar. He, uh, you know, he he's a really interesting guy. And he seems like he had a lot of dreams uh, growing up. I think he even says, Kelly, do you remember this quote where he said, like, um, I wanted all the pretty ladies to come up to me and say, Hi. Uh, I heard you're good at centipede. You know, it's sort of like that almost like you know, so that's sort of almost like ridiculous sort of thing. But in a way, because he's so like genuine, it's sort of like it's not as like I guess pathetic as as it might normally sound or seem. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a really great doc. So yeah, I yeah. think it, and I think that one in particular made me appreciate other documentaries more. I guess, because it was the first one that I felt very, ent- well, first of all, I can remember being ve- super entertained by, I guess, because I hadn't seen that many documentaries before, so, like I said, a lot of documentaries I've seen have been, like, sort of more educational than anything else, which, which you know, I'm sure there's merits to them, but, like, the concept for me of, of like, watching a documentary that was, like, first and foremost, like, entertaining, what, uh, I guess it's weird to say, like, I, it, took me until like my my early or late teens to just sort of like really discover that yeah yeah that's basically what that movie did for me so yeah no i i agree there's always that sort of movie that can sort of draw you into a genre or a subgenre and really Mm -hmm. sort of hook you i think for me was a doc that i don't know if you guys have both have seen uh called super size me oh yeah yeah you guys have heard of that right uh, yeah i haven't seen yeah. it but yeah yeah that, that got me into how great documentaries can be and i feel like that one is like baby's first doc yeah because like yeah, yeah I've, 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 i think i've watched that in like multiple classes throughout like middle school and high school yeah yeah they i watched that in a health class in seventh grade for the first time mm-hmm. it was the educational version of all these sex and and swearing edited out <laughs> This is great. There was there was sex in mm. Super Size Me. Well, it wasn't sex, but they talk about sex at one point. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, but other but other than that stuff and some swearing, it's basically the same movie. But uh, yeah. But I guess in uh, going off of that, Kelly, what would you uh, recommend this week? What did, what did you see in this week? Oh, okay. Um, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about a, a TV show. If that's okay. Go for it. Uh, we can, because I haven't seen, I have not seen a movie in the past two weeks. It's all and, good. Yeah. Uh, since it's all good, I'm going to recommend uh, a, sh- a a TV show that I I know we probably all have seen. From if because even better, we're all '90s kids, right? <laughs> so no, actually, like I I my it was my friend Max's birthday. So I got him the... Uh, shout the, out to Max Farinato. Shout out, Max. 
former guest. I got him uh, the complete um, set of Rocco's Modern Life Hell on yeah. DVD uh, because he, I, I knew he wanted it, and uh, and we both love that show. So, and so we were watching it, and man, that show holds up so well. It like, really does. Jokes aside, I mean, like you know, like jokes about like cartoons being better and all that. Rocco's Modern Life is. Like, uh, like objectively, probably the best, like Nicktoon, like the, that's part the most clever, you know, funniest. Like that, it's funnier. I think it's a lot of it. Most of it is funnier now than it was when I was like five years old or whenever I was watching it. Yeah, you um, get more of the jokes, you know, and the innuendos. Yeah, holy crap! I could not, could not believe some of the things that they got away with. That probably would not fly now, and I, 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 I know a lot of you listening to this are probably like nodding your heads because we've all like discovered shows shows like years ago that we we watched when we were younger, and we were like, "Whoa, what is, look at this in here!" But, but, def, yeah, definitely everybody should watch Rockless Modern Life, whether it's first time or you saw it when you were younger, because it's a good show. Absolutely. It's a good show. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. Oh, <laughs> did you grow up? Have you guys seen that that nineties? Yeah. That nineties. Yeah, I, yeah. I was there's a there's a there's a cartoon someone made making fun of like the the people who say that the nineties were the best generation. Did, and, was that by uh, Oni G or is that by uh, Psychic Pebbles on YouTube? I I don't remember. Okay, but there's a part where i know the, what you're talking about though yeah but th- that that's what i was like it's a good show like he says that like three times in a, in a row it was a good show it was a good show <laughs> <laughs> eric were you a big fan of rocco's modern life growing up yeah no i loved all the nick cartoons i really liked rocco's modern life uh i've only seen a few of it now at around the age i am like yeah I guess just to generally categorize like late teens, early twenties, like yeah, I've I've only seen like a few episodes here and there. But when it was on, I was still dug it and thought it was hilarious. And yeah, uh, yeah. But when I was young, uh, I don't even remember a lot of the jokes. I just remember really, really liking the animation style and everything. Yeah, and exactly. Just the way oh. everything looked was so bizarre and odd, and it just that 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 was enough for me to just sit there and watch it. But um, yeah, no. Uh, every once in a while, I remember something though. Like every once. Every so often, like, I'll reference Wacky Deli if it pops into my mind, which it does maybe a little bit more than uh, I was, I was obsessed references. with that. i just realizing yeah. that, like, you guys probably weren't, like, completely, like, cognizant when that show started. Yeah, I was, like, two when that show yeah, started. Yeah, because it's, I remember, I remember when it premiered, it, hold on, let me. I don't so, remember 1993, that. 1993. It, the original run oh. was 1993 to 96, okay, according yeah. to Wikipedia. So, so I, was, I was born when it came out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so yeah, I would like, I, I remember like when I saw Wacky, the Wacky Deli episode and I would like, I would redraw the cartoon like in notebooks and like j- just basically like just draw the characters and try to recite what they were saying like i was yeah and then like and then like the the the, the, i got a huge part of my humor came from that show like when i was really little like the cut of man like just mayonnaise 
like like yeah. the random shit like that. Yeah. I just I thought it was so funny. Exactly. And yeah. It definitely like st- stuck with me. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just love so. the characters of Rocco's Martin Life so much. I just, oh my! I just love. I love. I love Philbert. Yeah, Philbert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Philbert's my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so fucking great. And also, I I honestly I'm trying to remember. I haven't watched Rocco's Martin Life in a while, to be honest, but. Um, I'm trying to remember who were the neighbors, the green, like the frogs, basically. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Bighead. Mr. and Mrs. Bighead, yeah. That, that was great. The jokes they got away with with those characters were great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, Kelly, is that your, would that you consider that your favorite, like, Nicktoon? Uh, man, it's so hard because of Ren and Stimpy. True, true. I get. I guess, like looking back on it now, I think Rocco's Modern Life was con- consistently like it just got better and better. Whereas I recently wa- uh, watched Ren and Stimpy as well, and man, some of those episodes were just—they're just painful. Like, well, wasn't there like an adult version of Ren and Stimpy on like Spike or something? In, yeah, like, early two thousands. The ones I saw of the, that, like that, that is not just not funny to me personally yeah, that's what i've heard but there were some really good ones but then there's also ones where like there's one in particular i was wa- like i was watching it and just like what where's the joke like it stimpy stimpy had a fart and he like he kept his fart around and then his fart went missing he was trying to find his fart and i was just what it, it wasn't fun it just wasn't funny at all it it's just boring. It's so boring. Yeah. It was, but, but yeah. I, I, so I guess yeah. I guess Rocco wins, but yeah, that show's so good. It's it no, I it's def- great. Rewatch it definitely. It's great. Yeah. Eric, what's your favorite Nicktoon? Do you have a favorite or? I'm not sure if I do. I, I mean, I I really sort of ran the gamut when I was a kid. I I yeah. love Rocco's Modern Life, Cat Dog, Got Real Monsters. Uh, yeah. All the stuff of there was good episodes too of Rugrats. Hey Arnold, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I was just sort of into all of it really, to be honest. <laughs> I, I can't I can't remember one I... that was like oh god. <laughs> true, true. I remember, I I kind of I kind of stopped around like Cat Dog. Like Cat Dog was the first one where I was kind of like uh I'm getting too old for this. I, <laughs> was... I think I stopped when. Uh, fairly odd parents came out because I was yeah, like, that, "That's a pretty good show for kids, though." Yeah, I mean that's the last Nicktoon I watched, like, like regularly, mm-hmm. and then I just sort of fell off that. That and like SpongeBob were the last two Nicktoons I watched regularly. Um, SpongeBob's still going. Yep, yeah, they're coming out yeah. with a second movie. Wow. Yeah, saw the trailer for that. It looks interesting. Don't know if it's going to be good, but it's interesting that they're blended. They're doing both two D, three D animation and live action. Could be, could be, could be good. I like, I like the first SpongeBob movie actually. Yeah, the trailer didn't look bad. I know some people who were like super offended by the live action shit in the SpongeBob trailer, but I feel like they've done like sort of live action stuff before. Oh in yeah, even SpongeBob in the, show. the show, and it yeah. was always funny. I thought, yeah. Like, 
seriously one of my favorite episodes is like the first time they go above water and yeah. it just switches to these like dorky fucking looking puppets <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, and yeah. It, 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 it is just so i don't know it was just absurd enough to where it's like how can you not laugh at this like exactly yeah it, it like for, for a kid show like this is pretty good so like yeah i don't know it, Considering they're they're bringing that aspect back to it, like that 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 if anything was like what gave me more hope for it than anything, than rather just hey we're making another SpongeBob movie, like they're exactly, actually like yeah. trying to go like balls to the wall with it. I think it looked yeah. like plus Antonio uh, Banderas as like this pirate. That's just yeah. that's just funny. I like Antonio yeah. Banderas. He's a good actor. Yeah. Did you guys know that the um, Tom Kenny, who is the voice of SpongeBob, he also voiced mm-hmm. Heifer in Rocco's Modern Life? Yeah, yeah, he's a very big, prolific voice actor, Tom Kenny. He's done a lot oh, yeah. of voices. He's great. And apparently, I found out the guy who uh, did the voice of uh, Mr. Krabs on uh, SpongeBob. Mr. Krab, yeah. Yeah, he's like. In a bunch of really intense like dramas, he's been on Lost. <laughs> he's been on really? uh, a bunch of HBO shows. Guy named Clancy Brown. Uh, yeah, he's basically just a character actor, but yeah, he's a really really good actor actually. Mister Krabs is on Lost. <laughs> yeah, basically. But uh, I think he's talking about Nicktoons. I think. My favorite Nicktoon actually would have to be um, if I, you know, like like Eric, similar to you, like I like I ran the ga- the gamut like uh, growing up, but I think the one that I actually liked the most was uh, probably Hey Arnold. Yeah, uh, mm. I think for me it was just like a lot before like sort of the last season where they sort of had stupid things like fart jokes and stupid shit like that did they they, they did I, think I missed that there's a whole episode where the character of phoebe has like a farting problem and it's like the dumbest episode of of a cartoon i've ever seen for a show that treated a lot of things seriously and funny yeah it's like one of the dumbest episodes i've ever seen of of any cartoon that, it was so that show stupid had a lot of weird and absurd humor actually just like not too long ago maybe like a few hours ago i was talking to some friends and Hey Arnold came up, and we just started throwing out, like, random episode plot lines and just pointing out, like, well, yeah, look how fucking weird this show was. But it was never a show that actually, in, from any memory I have, that ever resorted to toilet humor at all. It was always, like... Yeah, exactly. It was bizarre and out there, but it was never, like, the cop-out of just, oh, poop, or anything like that. It was yeah. always, it was always like, just really odd situations. Yeah, exactly. And, there's, and there was a whole fucking episode... About this dumbass farting problem that Phoebe has. She can't, like, go up in front of public because she farts. And then she has this fear. Yeah, it's the dumbest fucking thing. It's, like, one of the last episodes of, of the series. It's so dumb. Um, but, uh, you know, the first, like, the first, like, the majority of that show, like, the first, like, three, four seasons are so good. There's a whole episode when the teachers uh, of the elementary school, of, of Arnold's elementary school, go on strike. Yeah. That's a really great episode because it, it dealt with a lot of stuff. Uh, I think that isn't really talked about on cartoon shows for kids. That's like, you know, labor unions and you know workers' rights and sort of from the kids' perspective, just how they feel about when people sort of need to like stand up and take a stand and sort of like how neither side is really wrong exactly and like what they uh, wanted to do. And stuff like that, like, 
And, and plus, just like I think Eric and, and Kelly can agree with me, like there was a, like just such an eclectic cast of characters on that yeah. show, just like constantly. Like I think the the Pigeon Man is probably my favorite character. Yeah, he's really great. Um, what, what about what about you, Eric? What are some what are some favorite episodes from that show for you? Yeah, I, 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 there's just a bunch that are kind of scrolling through my mind now, like. The episode yeah, where Arnold's grandpa gets PTSD over long division. Yes, yes. Oh my god, that's great. So, what, what, were the, what was the uh, kid's name with the popsicle stick nose? Um, fuck. I can't, I can't remember it, his name. Is it, but... It's not Eugene, because he's the guy with the big orange, like, tall afro, but I'm trying to remember. I, I honestly don't remember. I haven't watched Hey Arnold episodes in, in a bit. When he makes the like the the soap voodoo doll of his principal, and he thinks yeah. he killed his principal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Sid. Sid, Sid. That's it. Sid. I thought it was yeah, Sid, I but Sid, I wasn't yeah. sure if Sid was one of the other ones. Yeah, it's Sid. Yeah, there there was that. There was the there the episode. Doesn't he also get afraid of ger- afraid of like germs in yes. another episode? Yeah. And like he locks himself in just a white room with a mattress, yes, yes. no clothes on, and just and then, like there's one point where he thinks his best friend Stinky is like a vampire. Yeah. Uh, that was a great yeah. episode. And remember when Stinky gets hired to uh, be on the Yahoo Soda ads? Yahoo Soda! <laughs> Yahoo Soda! Because someone hears his voice and you're like, you're perfect, you are the voice of Yahoo Soda! <laughs> so and it's, like, it's and so then, great. Oh, it, I feel like there there's a lot of quotes from just random stuff and shows and whatever that's sticking out in my mind from as a kid that yeah. I'll, that'll always like replay back at random points. But I, yeah. I feel like Hey Arnold has the most of those out of Ap- anything. I 100% agree. Yahoo soda. Kelly, Kelly, were you? Did you? Um, what? What are some of your favorite Hey Arnold episodes? Oh oh, man, there's like a generational gap going on that's really weird and freaking me (laughs) out right now. (laughs) It's like I, I mean, I, I, I sort of watched it in the beginning, and I, Uh but I didn't. I haven't really gone back and watched any since since. So I don't really remember much. Uh, I remember like. The ones where there's one where they were dressed up like a strawberry and a banana. Yeah, that's the first episode. Yeah. Holy oh, shit, down. was it? <laughs> it's a good episode, though. Yeah, it was good, and I remember. Um, I just I don't even remember like full episode concepts. I just remember like little bits and pieces, like yeah, where they like the adults took over the lot where they played. What was it? Kickball. Yeah. The, I, I remember I, that one. I have a quote from that episode. That the the fucking end of that episode ends with there. There's an Asian man who lives in the complex named like Mr. Wynn. Yeah, Mr. Like, Wynn. Yes. At, at the end, they get the lot back, and it's him running around the bases going, "Play ball, play ball, right, right. play ball, play ball," and it's just like that for like almost a solid minute before finally someone goes, "Shut up, Mr. Wynn." <laughs> the Christmas special was was pretty good too. Yeah. It was very, yeah. Very, very yeah. sweet. Yeah, I think that that's that involves Mr. Wynn, right? Yeah. And it's sort of dealing with, with, and they never explicitly say it, but they like show it that he's obviously from Vietnam and yeah. he was around during the war and all that. And that, that was legitimately one of the most touching like, storylines I've ever seen in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like more cartoons don't really do that sort of thing. Like cover, like you have stuff like Adventure Time and, and, um, regular show and Rick and Morty, which are really great, really funny shows. Um, you know, depends on, I guess, who you talk to. Uh, and those are like, like the big cartoons. And then you have like the smaller cartoons. Um, 
you know, you have you have the adult cartoons too, like Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad, and all that stuff. Bob's Burgers. A lot of people love Bob's Burgers. But I feel like there aren't at least I haven't seen like a cartoon show that deals with stuff like Hey Arnold did. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's becoming like it's it's sort of depre- it's not depressing. That's a bit over dramatic, but it's like it's it's weird that like people are taking creative chances with stuff like Adventure Time and regular show and Rick and Morty, but we're still but it's like to have like a show that's sort of like realistic, I guess, in the vein of like Hey Arnold, but still a bit over the top and wacky at times and have like a really cool cast of characters we still haven't like we still don't have really a show on that for like any of the like three major networks like disney channel nick nick and cartoon network for kids and it's sort of sad and so it's a little bit sad uh because hey arnold like you know is such a is a show that had like a lot of heart to it it had just had a lot of like uh it was funny it was clever its characters were great and uh, speaking of which, like, also just, I guess we're going to be Hey Arnold cast, but, uh, um, yeah, what, what was your, what was your favorite character? I mean, we talked about, I really like Pigeon Man, um, I guess we talked about Sid. Phoebe is but, my, uh, I like yeah, the girls. Phoebe, yeah, Phoebe's great. I really, I think my <laughs> favorite, yeah, I think my favorite main character from Hey Arnold was probably Helga. Yeah, Helga. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was like... If you really think about it, she's pretty, like, messed up, like, emotionally. Like, she's, like, obsessed. She builds shrines of Arnold, and she's very, like, she's sort of had, like, a family that's sort of fucked up, and her mom's basically an alcoholic, and her dad is very sort of, like, over-masculine and compensating for insecurities, and his sister, her sister's, like, very, like, the perfect, like, older sister that her parents love. And so she's very emotionally not all there. It's just like a, for like a kids' cartoon show. It's like they never like explicitly say like she's you know whatever, but they just sort of you know show it and everything with uh, you know all the stuff she does. I thought she's just a really cool character because she's her development over the series. She starts out as sort of this almost stereotypical like bully almost with who's sort of like obsessed with the main character but she really like flushes out into a more complex character over the course of the series and i really i really enjoyed her more so than even a lot of the other main characters but uh i know yeah so phoebe and and helga but what, what about you eric in terms of like main characters we talked about side characters but like in terms of main characters who did you really enjoy watching every week i have to admit most of the characters were just, I mean, they were odd and entertaining, but I didn't like any of them because they were so just odd and strange. And it was like, sure, I, sure. There, there was a. I felt like every character had a had a very like solid level of uncomfortability when they were on screen. Oh yeah, that it, it's hard to just pinpoint one character that I didn't feel that at all. It's like, oh yeah, I love watching this character. Every character was like, oh this guy, oh what is he doing, oh. But if I had to pick one. It might be Grandpa. Yeah. Just because it's okay for him to be fucking weird because of how old he is. <laughs> exactly. But, and, and also, he was just also really funny, too. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I would say of all the characters I felt most comfortable watching and I thought it was also really good and funny, probably Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of his, um, uh, his episode where he, uh, the, he talks about fighting the Nazis 
and punching out like Hitler and stuff like that. That was such a yeah. great episode. Uh, that was that, that was ballsy for a kid show. That like was the... ballsy. Oh, well, I don't even remember that. I don't know if I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should get on. I would have remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great episode, Kelly. It's uh, I think mean, they're driving around in like the uh, somewhere. Um, driving around the in the wilderness, and uh, they break down, and like grandpa, and it's like them, Gerald, like Arnold, Gerald, Gerald's father, and grandpa, and they're all just talking about trading stories, and he starts talking about war stories. And what I love about that is like his story like keeps changing every time he says it, and it sort of goes from like over dramatizing his role to sort of finally revealing how such of a small role he had in World War Two. Still, really great episode, and just like. But it's just like the level of humor, like that. Just like him, <laughs> fucking. I think he, he, like, he's punching out Hitler and stuff like that. And it's just like this over dramatic music is playing, and it's so great. It's so great. It's a really, really fun episode. But uh, yeah, I guess just uh, I guess, but that's just uh, yeah, that was that was really great. Thank you for recommending Rock as Modern Life. Hell, hell, bringing it all back around. Great. Great card, great Nicktoon, great cartoon, great show overall, and just that whole period of the early '90s to late '90s it just had some of the best. The '90s, car- <laughs> ba- basically, but I, I think there was a point, uh, you know, where it's sort of like around '99, you know, '98, <laughs> the end of the '90s, the end of the '90s, Sorry. end of the '90s, early two thousands. <laughs> Uh, when Nick, when Nickelodeon started to slowly decline, you know what I mean in terms of cartoons. Um, but but it's yeah, I mean you still got plenty, of, you know, plenty of chances and oper- and you know, plenty of places really to they're go and experience the classics. Yeah, yeah, they're all about live action, all about that Teen Nick and all that. But uh, yeah, Eric, what what would you recommend this week, my my friend? What would you recommend to the good uh, listeners out there? Uh, I'm gonna recommend a movie I saw the other weekend called Escape Plan. Oh, uh, nice! Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I, I've heard of that. You haven't seen it though? I, I have not seen it. I, I, but what is the, what is it All about right. for those who who don't know what it is? All right, yeah, I actually had very little idea what it was about myself. I only knew a few things before going into this, and it was also kind of just recommended to me from a couple of places. Uh, but yeah, basically, Escape Plan is, um. Sylvester Stallone plays this guy who's he works for this company whose job it is is to exploit security systems and then make money off of those exploitations by off by like trying to sell them um, like I guess alternates or, or alternatives or like uh, things they would they could use to improve the system basically uh, but but the movie isn't so much about the company as it is just uh, Sylvester Stallone's character, who is the guy whose job it is to is to get arrested and then find a way to break out of, like, prisons. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they, they do that by, like, you know, setting him both up with, like, fake IDs and, like, an alibi and, like, you know, uh, like, a, they actually, like, find a way to, like, get into the computer system for the police and, like, make him out to, like, be, like, a fake criminal almost so that when he's spotted by a police officer, he'll get arrested. And so basically, it's about Stallone, and he plays a guy whose job it is to basically get arrested and break out of prison over and over again. They actually, he get asked so many times throughout the movie, you know, why do you want to spend your whole life in prison? Or why, why do you want to, yeah, why do you want to spend your life in prison pretty much for a living? Um, but he gets paid a lot of money, so 
he does it, and they go a little bit more into why he likes doing it in the movie. But anyway, yeah, so he plays this guy, he breaks out of prisons, and um, a company comes to uh, the guy, his, his like manager, his boss pretty much, and says that they have a job for him. They, they're sort of like a black market sort of prison that exists somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Because that, because uh, apparently, like an off-the-records prison, they say is meant to be like super secure because they're like so many prisons. You know, we would have all these records of all these criminals, and you know, they get chances at trials and bail and all that. But this, the, the concept of this prison is once you get arrested by this prison, you don't go to trial, you don't get put on parole or anything, you don't get any of that. You you go to prison, you stay in this prison, and that's just fucking it. Fuck like the judicial yeah. system. You're going to jail for the rest yeah. of your life. It, like if you get caught by this prison, you are just in this prison forever, and no one knows about it. Pretty is much. Is it like a? Is it like an offshore prison is the, it on the water, or is it like the in... the location of the prison is a mystery. They don't say where it okay. is, but you you okay. do find out eventually in the movie where the prison is located. Okay. So I won't say where it's located just yeah. for uh, spoilers' spoiler yeah. sake. But yeah, it, it. But when the the whole when the job is like pitched to the company. It, it's pitched as like you guys don't know where uh, this this prison will be because uh, St- Sylvester Stallone says we pretty much need three good things throughout the movie. He says you need three things to break out of a prison, which is to prison, which is to know the layout, uh, know the routine, and to have help from either the inside or the outside. And when uh, they come to this company, when the when the prison comes to this company with the job uh, offering. Uh, they say that one of the conditions is that no one who works at the company is allowed to know where this prison is. And you, in the, in the beginning of the movie, you see him escape out of a prison, but he does so with the help of someone who already works at that company. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's one of the conditions is he he's not allowed to contact any of those people because in a real condition, like you know, because uh, uh, no one else in the world actually knows where this prison is. You know, no one who gets arrested knows where this prison is. Like, basically, no one knows where this prison is. So, like, that that, that would essentially be cheating if they knew where the prison is. Yeah, so. exactly. It would be it just, yeah. So, yeah, they basically want to foolproof their this, this, what they believe is already a foolproof prison system once and for all by going to this, basically paying Sylvester Stallone to get arrested and try to break out of this, like, completely, like, off the, off the chart prison that is somewhere in the world he has no idea where. Yeah, I saw the poster for Escape Plan back when it came out, just walking around New York City, and it said, I think the tagline was something like, how do you how do you escape the world's, um, like, uh, unescapable prison or something like that, world's yeah. most secure prison. And I'm not going to lie, like, compared to a lot of, like, other, or, like, basically almost mo- all of Stallone and Schwarzenegger's, like, action movies that weren't Rambo or Terminator the past, like, decade, it looked really interesting. It yeah, because really like, um, I I check out action once in a while, but it's not my bag. Like the, some of them are fun, but I generally don't veer toward them. But I had this one recommended me enough to me to where I said, "All right, sure." I had a chance to check it out. I checked it out, and yeah, it was a lot more interesting. Just because, it, I mean, there is there is a decent amount of action, and you know, Sylve- I I do like Sylvester Stallone. I do like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I just thought the whole like figuring out how to break out aspect was interesting because they do actually go into you know how he does it like you know he breaks out of prison in the beginning of the movie and they don't really explain how he does it but then the owner of that prison comes to the company and go you know goes you know what the hell is this they tell him what it is and they go well okay so then how did you break out and he very like step by step goes through the process and i thought that was interesting too and then when he gets hired for the 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 job that's like the main part of the movie yeah to break out of this like crazy 
Unescapable Prison, you know, he tries a lot of different plants. He goes, well, he could try this and that, and this and that, and, and it actually, and actually gives you a good look at like what the planning process is for some for some of these escapes. And that 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 in itself is also pretty interesting. On top of just the uh, the good action and the good actors and everything else. So yeah, yeah. it's a it's a pretty worthwhile movie. I thought I really yeah, liked it. Yeah, visually, how did they go about? Um, showing like how Stallone would break out of of prisons, like when he was explaining it, like did they have him just talking, and or did they have sort of like a vis- visuals that showed him breaking out, or was it more like a special effect? It, it actually, yeah, it was, it was like a special effect. Anytime he'd go into an explanation, it was sort of like pan over to like a part of the prison he was maybe talking about, and it would it would sort of like it would it would color over in sort of like a blueprint sort of style and like everything would turn to these 3d models and stuff would stretch out it almost looked like you're watching like a computer like demonstration of it like a computer generated demonstration of like what he was describing Mm -hmm. and it was just you know pans okay we go this way you have to go down you know on the bottom of this room there's like a little hash that if you just get it this way the just right you can escape through there and the camera would pan down into that tunnel and zoom through the tunnel so yeah the explanations were pretty interesting it wasn't just stallone talking about it. it it was very it was very visual and technical and actually showed you like like one-to-one what he was talking about and it was it was really interesting so yeah like even the technical aspect of it was like super engrossing i thought absolutely uh, it sounds really i mean visually it sounds really interesting reminds me it it basically is a, a heist movie in a lot of ways from the yeah. inside I, w- I wasn't expecting that though because I'd seen posters and I'd seen the trailers, but I always thought it was just oh they play two guys who are criminals to try to break out of prison. But no, there's actually a pretty there's a little bit of a larger context to it than that. Yeah. So I, I was really into it. How do how does how do you think it compared to sort of uh, similar I, I guess uh, 80s and and early to mid 90s action movies for for Stallone and Schwarzenegger? Uh, it's hard to say because I mean I I still love stuff like uh terminator and predator like those are just classics absolutely uh, yeah um i i i love those movies for what they are I, I mean if i if i had to pick one or the other obviously i'd say you know terminator is like way better and and, and generally that but i mean for modern day especially because i mean i haven't checked out too many of their recent movies but i have heard that not all of them have been great uh, but then, but this one was a bit of an exception. I think that that felt like it was true. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't dislike this at all. It, it, uh, I don't think it lives up to the old movies, but it is a pretty solid movie. I thought, I, I thought it was really good. Better than something like The Expendables. Yeah, uh, I mean, I haven't seen Expendables, but that was another movie that I kind of sort of just sidestepped and never had like much of an interest to see but yeah, yeah it definitely because i feel like with the extendables in terms of even just the advertising i feel like the advertising to me is just look at all these stars we have we have yeah, like 12 it's, different it's, it's nostalgia the movie yeah basically. exactly like it just runs through that but with uh escape plan i can't think it's of a any real other movie. escape plan feels like a real movie and not yeah. nostalgia the movie yeah, I couldn't think of aside from Stallone and Schwarzenegger. I can't think of any too many other. I, I mean, there was a few faces you'll recognize. I think other yeah. than them, but not like it doesn't feel like. Oh, look at all these stars. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like that's the point of the movie. The point of the movie is an interesting premise and a good story. Yeah, yeah. I so I, I really like it. That, that's nice. what I'd recommend. Kelly, what about you? Are, are do you uh, growing up? Did you watch any uh, action movies with Stallone or Schwarzenegger uh, or? Uh, or is that just not really your sort of style? No, I love fine. True Lies. That's one of my. F- oh actually, yeah, absolutely. It might be my favorite uh, Schwarzenegger movie. 
Um, yeah, that's the one he damn. did with Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, a- well, I mean, I, you know, I have. It's been a while since I've seen Termi- the Terminator movies. I, I know I've seen the first two, but yeah, I saw them when I was so little. And oh wow, uh, really? Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but I think they might have been like like the tv cuts or something oh okay i'm not i'm not even sure you know how when you're like you're super young and it's kind of a blur but yeah, yeah, yeah i just remember the when it is that that's terminator 2 when he um he takes the the clothes from the the, the biker motorcycle, bar the yeah. biker yeah he does I, that, that in that, the third movie too and it's sort of it's well he, he does that he, I, they sort of ape that in the third movie and it sort of sucks the third yeah. movie is probably the worst. That. Third movie is the worst movie in the franchise, in my opinion. It's yeah, so. re- it's really terrible. <laughs> um, the female Terminator was cool, but that's about it. But uh, right. but yeah, Kelly. So you said True Lies was your favorite Schwarzenegger movie. Did you ever watch any of Stallone's uh, movies? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the most useless in this category that we're talking about right now, but. Yeah, I mean, I Blue saw... Lines is a great movie. Yeah. James Cameron, before he got into fucking Titanic and Avatar shit, it's, uh, yeah, it's the last, like, pure action movie he made right after Terminator 2, so, yeah, True Lies is great. Yeah, I don't know if you guys, have you been to, uh, Newport, Rhode Island, in the, at all, like... I have not, no. The, oh, oh, well, uh, they have, like mansion tours there and one of the mansions uh they shot the the ballroom scene of in true lies there oh wow yeah and i got to in got, got to see that which is pretty cool so if you're in, if you live like around New- rhode island to take a trip to newport you can see some cool cool old ass mansions and see where the ballroom scene in true lies was shot hell yeah <laughs> That sounds that sounds really interesting, actually. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I think I think for me though, why Escape Plan like appeals to me just the way you described it, Eric, is that it sort of is not trying to be what a lot of like action movies with Stallone and Schwarzenegger have been the past decade, and that sort of like nostalgia, just appealing to people who grew up with those movies. Yeah. And it sounds like an interesting premise and an interesting movie, and it's not just. You know, an, another you know sequel to Terminator or Rambo or something like that. It's actually a new original movie. Yeah, it felt pretty legitimate. Just yeah, straight up. Because like my favorite movies of theirs are like the first Rocky, the first Rambo, um, the mm-hmm. first you know the first two Terminators, uh, Predator, like you mentioned before. Um, it's weird. It's the weird thing is that. Uh, Predator 2, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to be in, but then I think he ended up doing Terminator 2 instead. (laughs) But it was like a toss-up between Predator 2 and Terminator 2 for him, and he chose wisely, I guess, Yeah. (laughs) in hindsight. Um, I think I read about that, too. I wasn't sure if he was supposed to come back as like a minor role or a lead role, but yeah, I, I, I read some... Like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm glad he made the choice he did. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think after True Lies, 
I think Schwarzenegger sort of fell off in terms of action movies. Then, he, of course, he was governor of California. Yeah. Uh, for you know two terms, and then uh, Stallone sort of, you know, after you know the early nineties, you know, he sort of fell off. And I guess they sort of came back after you know Schwarzenegger's been having his comeback, and now mm-hmm. uh, there. Did you guys hear about what the new title of the new Terminator movie is? Yeah, Terminator no. Gen- Genesis. Yeah, Terminator Genesis, but it's spelled G E N I S Y S. Yeah, I knew there was a Y in there. Yeah, it's really weird, and I think it's supposed to be like a playoff of like Cyberdyne systems or something like that, or like a you know the the um, the original creators of of uh, Skynet in in the Terminator series, and. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that movie yet. There's no obviously there's no trailer. There's no plot information. It's just apparently they're going back and forth in between uh different periods between the first two movies. That's all yeah. I've heard. So uh, I every time I try to read about that movie, I'm so confused by yeah, what me is too. being attempted to be described. So that's another movie where I'm just sort of turning myself off from whatever yeah. comes out about it and it's just hey, I'm not gonna pay attention to anything until a trailer happens and Exactly. I'll watch a trailer and see what's up. Because yeah, every time I watch a movie it's like, Oh, it's gonna be a reboot, but it will have ties to the other movies in some way and it's like, Well, the point of a reboot is to start over, so how is like pick your poison like you're doing a reboot or you do another fucking sequel like I, it's just like i don't know i'm not gonna try to like sit here and like rationalize it's like i'll just see what you guys have to offer when the time comes. exactly yeah exactly because they have a new term they have a new uh sarah connor and a new uh john connor and a new kyle reese all played by different actors but they have the same you know arnold schwarzenegger playing the t800 again so it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how they balance that story I mean, it can't be any worse than Terminator 3 or 4. At least I don't think it can. Probably could, but I'm, I'm hoping it's not. It's directed by a good director, at least. Uh, Alan Taylor. Um, he did some pretty good episodes of Game of Thrones, and he did, he did you know, regardless of what you may think of it, uh, he directed the second uh, Thor movie, Thor The Dark World. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, that movie had really well-directed action, and that's really basically yeah. what Terminator is all about. Just really well-directed, well-shot acting. So, but yeah, I think on that we're gonna say uh, that was that was a really really interesting discussion. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna close it on '80s movies. We're gonna say bye-bye video games for a week. Uh, Damn. Yeah. I think, because uh, they're really, I don't know. I guess we can just go through quickly. I haven't played anything new. There's no, nothing, me either. So nothing, there you go. There's nothing really new out. Eric, have you played anything new lately? <laughs> uh, well, no, no I get. Well, no, because <laughs> I, I've played probably more stuff than I have in past casts, but one of them is Pikmin 3. I beat Pikmin 3. Yep. Um, which I talked about last time. I only played a little bit of last time. Uh, I played Mario Kart because the DLC came out, but I talked about Mario Kart before. Yeah. Um, and there was something else I fucking played for. Oh yeah, I I bought play or not bought, but uh, on PS Plus, PlayStation All Stars came out, so I downloaded that because you know the Smash Bros. It's just starting to come up now. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, fuck it, let's try this out. Well, I mean, I've tried it out of packs before, and I thought uh-huh. it was okay. And yep, that game is still just uh, it's not bad, but it's just not Smash Bros. for quality. I don't know, it's fine. Yep. That's but, what I've that's what I've heard. But the more I'm playing it, the more I'm realizing how 
the, the little things about it are different from Smash Bros. And it's like, I don't want to get too used to these little things for a month, and then when Smash Bros. comes out, have it be like, oh, well, now I have to play it in a different way, because there's a different objective in Smash Bros. than there is in this game. So I think I might actually just start, up, uh, I might just uh, pick up Brawl soon and start playing it again instead. Hell so yeah. I'm more used to that. Exactly. So, yeah, you I gonna, only played Brawl Stars twice, but Exactly, fuck yeah. Fuck it. You gonna you gonna break out your uh, your GameCube controller like everyone else seems to be doing for Brawl? I'm not no because I'm not gonna have a GameCube controller on 3DS, so I'd rather just get used to standard D-pad joystick no, uh, ABXY. So yeah, fuck it. true. They're making converters. Yep. Yeah. For for 3DS. No. Oh, no. I'm sorry. For the Wii, for the Wii, <laughs> yes, you're talking about the Wii no. version. Yeah, exactly. And you know yeah. what? The the Wii U also has the same button layout minus one joystick. Yeah, on the, as yeah, the 3DS. On the pad. Yeah, on the so, pad. And I feel like by the time the Wii U comes out, I'll be so used to having played it with a 3DS control scheme that I'm not going to really care much for GameCube. Like at that point, I didn't care about it prior. Like, <laughs> to, hey, I never, I barely played Brawl with the GameCube controller. I always played it with the classic controller, which yeah. has the same layout. Yep. So, uh, uh, yeah, I don't. All my friends are are crazy for the GameCube controller. I don't get it that like, <laughs> if 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 you graduated high school, you've adapted to so many different things in your life at this point. Like, what's a video game controller at this point? Like, <laughs> the, I've heard one person compare it to a fight stick, and I just think that's crazy because I don't know. It's just a very slightly different button layout. But yeah, no, um, the 3DS and the classic controller and the Wii have all like very similar layouts, like the most similar layouts to one another. So. Yeah, I'm sure even if I was onto the GameCube craze, the 3DS one would probably get me used to playing the game that way, and then it wouldn't be a big deal when it comes out on Wii U. Cause that has the exactly. Screen. Yeah, prepare yourself and all that. All well, that well I did um, I did read today, actually, that um, because a lot of people are worried about the 3DS one because of C-sticking. You know, a lot of people like to have the extra little... Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're coming out that new 3DS over in Japan. With the new nub in the yeah. top. And I actually read an article today where apparently on Nintendo Japan's site, they very specifically stated that Smash Bros. won't be compatible with the CirclePad Pro, but when new 3DS comes out, you will be able to use that little stick to uh, C-Stick and use uh, Smash Moves. Hmm. So the, the, I'm sure there's a lot of people now looking forward to the new 3DS because I feel like that was most people's complaint with lack of GameCube controllers. Oh, well, what other controllers, you can't put a C-Stick on them, but... It seems like that seems to be resolved now for sure. new 3DS, yeah. but we'll see where that goes. Yeah, we'll see where that goes, because the new 3DS, I don't think it's coming out until next year for the States, right? I yeah, think. no, we're not getting it until next year. Yeah, yeah. So, so still, Someone uh, at, like, Nintendo UK PR confirmed that. It was, like, a rumor for a while, but, yeah, someone over in Nintendo UK said that uh, only Japan's getting it in 2014. Yeah. Yep. So, there you go. We're going to have to wait a little while, but... Uh, yeah, there you go, guys. That's the that's video games for for this week, I guess, for this cast. Talking about mm-hmm. Smash. Uh, yeah, I think October, October. When is the uh, October? I forget what exact date is. Uh, October third. October third. Okay, cool. October third. Uh, gotcha. it, it's like imprinted in my mind. Like I, I've been following stuff, and I'm excited for it. Smash Bros is like one of my top three favorite games. I'd probably put it. Yeah. So I've been following stuff pretty leisurely, and oh, cool, this comes out. But it wasn't until like maybe. A week, two weeks, a few weeks, less, about a month ago, we'll say, I guess, yeah. was when it suddenly just hit me like a ton of bricks. Wait, a new one of these will be out in like a month or two. And suddenly, like, that's all I've been able to think about, like, day in, day out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, these, I feel, yeah. These, 
it's like it's like it's starting to become real to me that this is gonna be here soon. So yeah, I'm like crazy for it now. Can't yeah, wait. no, absolutely. Um, Kelly, I mean, I know you're not a big Smash Brothers player, as you said, but are you looking forward to playing either of these versions on the Wii U or 3DS, maybe? Yeah, I want to give it a shot. Especially, yeah, the the 3DS uh, version is is more enticing, I think, just because I already have the system. And yeah. I think I'd be more inclined to like just try it out on the go and get exactly better yeah. and get you know proficient at it. Yeah, and so. plus, plus, in all honesty, Eric, I don't know if if you're gonna agree with me here, but I feel like as we get closer to the Wii U date, uh, not the Wii U date, the 3DS version date, um, I feel like if they're still like in that vague sort of like quarter four 2014 for the Wii U uh, release, I feel like. We're gonna poss- hope probably be seeing the Wii U version delayed until 2015. I feel like more and more as uh, as the months go on. I don't know. I don't know. What do you What do you think? You're not the only person who I've said who I've heard have that opinion. Um, I understand the rationale behind it, but I disagree because um, I just feel like right now the 3DS one is the one that's here and ready to go and on the verge of coming to us that I feel like they just do not want... They, I feel like they don't care to concentrate on the other version as much as the Wii 3DS one. So I feel like they purposely are not giving us a Wii U date just so we can concentrate on being hyped for the 3DS one. You know, because if you announce it's like a Wii U date one now, a Wii U date now, then people with a 3DS and a Wii U will go, oh, well, the Wii U one is only coming out like a month afterwards, so, oh, well, why don't I just wait for that one and not get this one or something like that, you know? So I feel like they just want to get people people hyped, want people to buy this one, and then I think think you won't get a Wii U date until a little after the 3DS one is out. But I still think that they will stick to holiday 2014 also because there's there's little difference between the two versions like they're all gonna have the same characters the same play mechanics the same this that the only things that are really different between them are like main gameplay mode stages and some trophies and that's really it so i i I can't see how much harder it would be to really i don't I, i wouldn't see like i wouldn't see more than like a six month delay for something like that you know sure sure um, so, so I don't think it'll get delayed. I think they're really just not talking about the Wii U one until the 3DS one is out there and everyone's got their hands on it and they love it and they're yeah. ready to hype up. The yeah, Wii hopefully, one. hopefully. That, yeah. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. No, I, I think where you're coming from is good too. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, I mean, that's, that's, that's who I, that's what I want to believe is that they're just so focused on releasing this 3DS version as perfectly as possible that they want everyone to sort of take it in, like get hyped buy it, love it, and then bam, hit them with the release date for Wii U, you know? Yeah. So Also, because the past few events have been very 3DS-focused, too, like at Comic-Con, they had a, 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 a Smash Bros. tournament, but it was yep. exclusively a 3DS tournament. Yeah, yeah. And and even in the PAX uh, uh, campaigns for it, it was like, hey, we have Smash Bros. Brawl for 3DS here, where on the show floor, you could see they have the one for Wii U, too, but anywhere I saw on their social media, it was always... Smash Bros. for 3DS, we're bringing Smash Bros. 3DS to people, yada, yada, yada. Like, they were really pushing, like, 3DS 1 is coming, play the 3DS 1. Like, you know, exactly, like, yeah. it, they're, they're very aggressive about the 3DS 1, but you could tell that the Wii U is still, like, like, it, it's there, but they're definitely not pushing it. Yeah, I think they will start pushing it, though, once they, once the 3DS 1 comes out in, yeah. around the world, and they, and they, uh, they, you know, they gauge the success of it, and then they, bam, they hit everyone with that release date and get everyone hyped up for the, the for the second one for the also I'm wondering if they're going to like 
keep the title and just call it Smash Brothers for 3DS, Smash Brothers for Wii U, and not change it to, like, Smash Brothers 4 or something like that, or Smash Brothers, like, I don't know, Smash Brothers, uh, I don't know, they had Melee, Brawl, I don't uh, think it'll get frenzy. a subtitle. I don't know. Yeah, it probably yeah, won't. We're so late in the game, I don't think we're getting yeah, a subtitle. I feel like yeah. if the subtitle is going to happen, it would have been E3, but... Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, and I don't mind that because it's two different versions of almost an essentially nearly identical, very similar game. I'll say very similar game that it, 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 I think I'm totally fine with just having, hey, this is how you know the difference between the 3DS one and the Wii U one is because 3DS is in the title of this one, Wii U is in the one of that that title. Exactly. So I'm, I'm fine with no like big crazy subtitle to it, but what I thought would have been cool just to make it a little bit more of like a concrete title is if they had Smash Bros. 4 3DS and 4 Wii U actually have a number 4 instead of just 4 that system. Yeah. So it could have been like a pun on, hey, it's for this system, but also, hey, this is Super Smash Bros. 4. Exactly, like, yeah. I thought that would have been a good way to sort of um, to sort of benefit in both areas of the title, but uh, yeah. I but I but it, it would have been nice, but you know, every wish can't come true, so uh, I'm 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 fine with it just being because I mean when this game comes out you know I don't think there's anything wrong with saying hey you want to play Smash Bros like everyone knows everyone's gonna know you mean the new one and even when it gets like a little later and they start talking about a new one and whenever the next console generation is you know people will still say like hey you want to play Smash Bros for 3ds while we wait for this new one or whatever because yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because when people pull out, you know, GameCubes, people just know Melee. Melee. But I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. if you, but I'm sure if you sat there with a GameCube controller, and say, "Hey, want to play Smash?" People would just know Melee because they know that's the one for GameCube. Yep. So yeah, I, I feel like there's enough of a correlation there that's not going to confuse anyone. I don't. Absolutely. I don't. Uh, you don't need a title. It would have been nice, but you don't need it. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, I think we're going to call it a cast. All right. Good, yeah. Good. Good wrap up. Strong. Strong wrap up. You don't need Ooh. a title. For everything, sometimes this podcast probably doesn't even need a title. Just call it Cell Shock Podcast for the Internet. Hey, there you go. Episode twenty-seven, Cell Shock Podcast for the Internet. Bam, there bam. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, well, yeah, I just want to say quickly again, uh, thank you, William. Thank you, Bubkiss, for your email. Yeah, your, uh, your kind words. Always appreciate it. Uh, thank you for your questions, and, and once again, if anyone wants to send us questions, uh, you can send it. Uh, you can email us at cellshockpodcast at gmail dot com. That's cellshockpodcast, all one word, at gmail dot com. Um, yeah, so this is a little bit different of a cast, a little bit more discussion, free form, loosey goosey type stuff. You know, doing some things we haven't done in a while, but. Uh, you know, let it, let us know, maybe, email us, let us know what you thought of it, and uh, stuff like that, whether you want you to see more of this, less of this, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, uh, hope you guys and gals have a great morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening to the Cell Shock Podcast. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>